Welcome to Thriving with Mental Illness, a podcast with real talk, an open and honest conversation about issues surrounding mental health. There are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. I'm Mikkel Buck, author, public speaker, and suicide survivor who's lived with mental illness for over 20 years. And with me is my favorite guy, Adam. Hey guys, welcome back. We're glad you're back. We are so thankful for everybody that comes back and listens to us and our musings and stories and whatever we decide to talk about. But before we get into our topic today, um, why don't you share something uh, about this week, something you did, something fun? Well, the highlight of the week is Girls' Night is back on. So I have a friend, Shauna, whose daughter is a cheerleader over at the high school, and A couple, I love football. So, you know, this, everybody probably doesn't know this, but I grew up in a family of all boys and I love watching sports. It's one of my favorite things, especially football. So football season comes around and it's always exciting. But a couple of years ago, you had some case that you were working on. It was coming up and and trial date was coming up. So you were working a lot of Friday nights. So I just, Shauna was telling me that she was going to the game so I just invited myself to come with her and ended up just attending most of the season for Friday Night Football with Shauna. And then the following season, we got tickets too. And I think you came to a game or two, but you had another trial that was coming up. So you were gone and it's just kind of turned into a girls night thing. So I was <laughs> super happy. Now you're no longer invited. No. So yeah, I distinctly remember going and feeling like, you know, which of these kids the just third doesn't wheel. belong. Yeah. <laughs> it like, was you. Yeah, it was me. Uh, you guys are pretty animated. <laughs> it's so much fun just to go. I mean, Sean is a blast anyway. She's she's so much fun to be with. But it was so fun. And especially with COVID, we didn't know if we were going to get a football season. Tally is a senior senior this year. So we didn't know if we were going to get our, our final girls night out football season. But uh, it's back in place. Football season's back on and we're back at the games having a grand time, busting out our moves, dancing, cheering, thoroughly embarrassing ourselves. So you're welcome for not having to be there. <laughs> So for a while, then I enjoy my quiet Friday evenings by myself. That's right. Now yeah. you no longer have a trial you're preparing for. You're just uninvited. <laughs> that's that's all. <laughs> well, and that's fine. We uh, enjoy Shauna, and I'm glad you guys can go have fun. So, so uh, today we're going to talk about perfectionism. I was reading an article. This is what prompted it. I was reading an article that linked perfectionism with mental illness. So I thought this might be a, a good topic. Yeah, which is not surprising at all. Not surprising. <laughs> yeah. And the sky is blue. <laughs> In other news. So perfectionism, it said, is now a growing cultural phenomenon, fueled by modern parenting, social media, and an increasingly competitive economy. I like how they throw parenting in there, you know, yeah. as if we don't Dig. have a hard enough time. As if we don't already know it's hard. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the So obvious. we're all causing this, apparently, as, yeah. as parents, but... Um, but yeah, the whole article talked about society is becoming more perfectionistic. So perfectionism is a personal style, uh, personality style characterized by a hypercritical relationship with oneself. And it's a refusal to accept any standard short of perfection. So you've got critical self evaluations and you're concerned about what other people say about you or other people's evaluations about you. But ultimately you just perfectionism. You really believe that you are your achievements and you're not okay with anything being less than perfect. 
making yes. mistakes, anything along those lines. And that's why it leads to experiencing symptoms of mental illness and sometimes a big crash because well, it's impossible. And I mean, there is a difference and, and we're not saying, and the article wasn't saying that aiming for excellence and setting high standards is a bad thing. Yeah. Those are different things. Those are good things, but becoming a perfectionist can be toxic. And so the difference is when you're a perfectionist, your self-worth is connected with your achievements. Right. And that's when, when that starts to happen, your aiming high, setting high standards suddenly becomes toxic and can lead to um, experiencing mental illness. Yeah, complete breakdowns. Well, a lot of times that's the catalyst that leads. I mean, you just can't live up to an impossible standard. And that's where you can start downward spiraling and, and get yourself in a dangerous situation. And it really is because you're expecting something that isn't achievable. I know in your book, you shared some experiences growing up uh, with with achievement and high standards. And uh, for those that haven't read the book, why don't you share a couple of those? Well, I grew up, like, I have amazing parents. I have an amazing family. I had an idyllic childhood, but growing up, like, it was very much goal-oriented and positive and winners and achievement-oriented. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever read the book by Sidney Harris, but it's called Winners and Losers. And that was required reading in our house. <laughs> and it's little pictures if you like. Fortunately, it's not that hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> There's like one sentence per page and a picture that goes along with it. So it's not difficult, but it does. I mean, it just like, as my dad said, it trains you to think like a winner. So like there were many things like we weren't allowed to say can't. There was a can't jar and you had to put a quarter in the can't jar anytime you said the word can't. So and we had. Even one summer, I remember having a reward system in place, like for different things that we would work hard at to achieve. And like if we would do chores, we would get this currency and, and my dad named them cow chips. And the way he got away with that is it actually is an acronym for currency of winners, but they're poker chips, like worth different amounts. And at the end of the summer, whoever had the most cow chips was going to win, you know, $50 and second place got $45 and third place got $35, but we, we did different things to win these cow chips. And if you misbehave or if you say the bad can't word, you know, you get cow chips taken away. But uh, I mean, one of the things we did is like read these books, value tales on learning to be excellent people. And like, it was just a very high achieving household. And I loved that about growing up, but somewhere along the way in my own mind, I switched over to believing that my value lied in those achievements and in, in those high success things, instead of realizing my value just lied in being a person and just being myself and the high achievements were just something to strive for, but it's also okay if you don't achieve them. Like I, I crossed over and I didn't believe that it wasn't okay to achieve those perfect things. And I think that's challenging. I mean, it's challenging for ourselves, but it's challenging for our kids. It's like, how do you set high standards, but then not, I mean, love yourself regardless of what the outcome of your achievements are. Right. It seems I am not my achievements. It's very difficult to do, but to be mentally healthy, you need that ability to find value in yourself, even when your achievements might go up and down. Right. Being okay with making mistakes or, or failing or, you know, just handling things in an imperfect way because we're human. I mean, we're just people. Yeah. We're not expected to be any more than people and people make mistakes. It's just inherent in being a person. And you were also involved in gymnastics, which 
is sort of a perfectionist type of sport. Yes. I did not enroll any of my children in gymnastics growing up. <laughs> Even though I wouldn't change my childhood, I learned so many things from it. But it definitely is a sport of comparison and perfection. And like it just I don't know that it was mentally the healthiest thing for me to do. So I, I think that that contributed to some of my imperfect thought processes that, you know, caused problems for me later in life. Yeah. Well, there was a study done, and uh, and these people measured the level of perfectionism in college students. And they started in 1989, and each year measured, you know, incoming college students through 2016. And in that 27-year span, perfectionism doubled. In 1989, 9% of those that were studied um, showed perfectionist tendencies perfectionist but i think more of the extreme like very clearly they got a problem yeah <laughs> so nine percent and then it went up to 18 percent by 2016 so they say young people are more perfectionistic than they used to be um you know it, it's funny i do think over time uh in our society just the culture uh the the economy careers you know i'm a lawyer that's another profession that is highly <laughs> tied to perfection. I mean, and success rates, like your value as rates. a lawyer is the success of your cases. Yeah. And not surprisingly, lawyers have a high um, probability of experiencing mental illness um, and substance abuse and all of that uh, accordingly. So, but that's a whole other subject for another <laughs> it's a topic time. for a different day. <laughs> but remember when we were in Las Vegas and uh, our friend that self-proclaimed perfectionist. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. <laughs> like our family has quoted this for years. It's been, I don't know, 15, 20 years since this happened, but we were in church one time and I was teaching a lesson and I don't even remember what my question was, but this, this lady raised her hand and she's like, I'm a Virgo. So I'm a perfectionist. And I don't even know what the answer <laughs> to the question was. It had nothing to do with my question, but it was so funny to me. I'm like, first off, if you think perfectionist is a word, you're definitely not one. <laughs> and you're going to be just fine. You're fine. <laughs> you're not a perfectionist. You're, not, you're okay. Calm down. If you down. say perfectionist, you're probably not one. <laughs> I know. It was, it's just so funny. We quote it all the time now though. <laughs> uh, but you know, and you also talk about in your book about serving as a missionary and some of the tendencies to, you know, achieve perfection and, and yeah. set high standards. Well, as a missionary, you really, you keep track of, there are many rules to follow bedtimes, wake times, study times, you know, you set goals of how many people you're going to contact and teach and baptize. And like, there are a lot of uh, metrics to measure your success by. And I, I definitely fell too far into the measuring my success by the metrics. And I remember one night, I mean, bedtime was 9.30. In the apartment at 9.30, bedtime at 10.30. And like you reported when you went to bed. So like people would know if you were in bed on time because you had to report it. But I remember turning off the lights and I was afraid, like racing across the room and jumping into my bed just as the clock turned 10.31. And I was so relieved that I could report that I went to bed on time. Like it's, it's so irrational to think about it now. Like if I went to bed at 1031, it still would have been on time. It's fine. Calm down, Mikkel. But, but I just like, that's how I processed it at the time. Yeah. And that's when it starts to affect your life Yeah, and your functioning in life. I mean, yes. That's, and that is also the time as a mission, like that's the first time I really experienced a serious crash. And that's when I started that, that was really the catalyst into 
my whole experience with mental illness. Like that's when it first happened. So I, it's, it's not a coincidence that, you know, those two things happened simultaneously. Yeah. And, you know, in this article, they said that, um, a rise in perfectionism correlates with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, deliberate self-harm, and obsessive compulsive disorder. So it's interesting that that one characteristic of being a perfectionist can have a huge amount of baggage associated with it. Yeah. And, um, but I don't know that we necessarily view that perfectionism as a bad thing. No, I think, honestly, I think lots of people secretly want to be perfectionists. And, and like that about themselves. You know what I mean? Right. It's like an interview when you go to a job interview and they're like, what's your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness is I work too hard. My biggest weakness is I'm a perfectionist. Like nobody really thinks that's a weakness. It's like the humble brag, like you said, you know? <laughs> like it's one of those things that's okay to be. Right. That's and, an okay weakness And we're to have. almost semi-proud of it. Yes. Deep down, we say we're not, but we are. Because people don't realize along with that comes so much emotional baggage that leads to very difficult problems with mental health. Like if people understood that, there would not be the same level of acceptance and desire and people being okay with with being a self-proclaimed perfectionist. Like you would reject it right away if you understood really how detrimental that is to your mental health. Yeah, because you can't, you know, embrace perfectionism without bringing the baggage that comes yeah. along with it. And the baggage that. is heavy. Yeah. The baggage can be devastating. Case in point. Case. You do not want it. <laughs> you do not want it. So, um, question. So how do we help our children? Because it talked about parents, you yeah. know, as contributing. Maybe our modern day parenting, whatever we're doing, uh, might be leading our children to have these views of perfectionism or that they're needing to achieve certain things in order to feel love or acceptance or... Yeah. It's a golden question. I mean, there are a couple things that come to mind. Number one is our family mission statement that we wrote years ago. And one of the lines in the family mission statement is we are not afraid to make mistakes. And like, I don't know how much the kids remember that, but I def- it definitely governed how I tried to parent in being okay with mistakes happening. Like I don't expect perfection from the kids. And I remember when we first got our pool table, Max was, I don't know, he was probably in the third grade or something, but neither one of us had really played pool before. And like, we were a little stressed out about the thought of playing pool because we knew that we would suck at it since we hadn't done it before. (laughs) So instead of playing pool, I would just say to Max, hey, how about you come over and we do some study of ball behavior? And we called it the study of ball behavior for months until we got good at it. And it took away all of the pressure. Like, it didn't matter if we were going to make a shot. It didn't matter if it didn't even go the direction we were trying to hit the ball because we were just studying ball behavior. Like, it totally changed. All that changed was the framing in our minds. Like, it didn't change anything that was happening on the pool table, but it totally changed how we felt about ourselves as we were learning this. Yeah, I think another thing that we can do is share stories, and we've talked about this before, but sharing stories of our failures, you know, personal failures as parents. And sometimes we're reluctant to do that because we, I guess we want people to think we're perfect. We want our kids to think we're perfect, but it has the opposite effect. I think when we share our personal struggles, our personal failures, then they realize 
it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to have. Well, it's okay to have it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I never want my kids or myself to feel like it's, you know, not okay to make a mistake because then inevitably when that happens, you know, the mental anguish and trauma that comes from processing that as complete and utter failure and lack of value as a person, like too much baggage that comes along with it. Yeah. You know, and Joel talked about this, you know, me too moments, like we connect through vulnerability. I know when I come across women, like sometimes there are women that I'm immediately drawn to. And sometimes there are women who, you know, like you can talk to them and you can tell that they're very concerned about making sure like everything looks perfect. Like I'm never going to be friends with those women. I just have a, a completely different philosophy on life. Like I connect with people who can be real with me because I'm not a, I'm not afraid of my imperfections and I'm not afraid to talk about the hard things. Everybody has the hard things. And if like it, it doesn't make them less real to talk about them and it doesn't make them go away if we don't talk about them, they're still there. Yeah. You know, this article did talk about that as well. The, the connection between perfectionism and uh, strained relationships and how people who are perfection have perfectionist tendencies tend to have a harder time connecting with people and having friends and deeper relationships. Well, because you connect through the vulnerabilities and through the hard things. And if you're not okay accepting that about yourself you're, or other people, I mean, you're not going to connect. And like, that's another thing with perfectionism. The harder you are on yourself, inevitably, the harder you are on other people. The more critical of yourself, the more critical of other people. And there's no way to stop that because mm-hmm. your mind just, if it's critical mind, it's critical to everybody involved. And like it's going to be really hard to develop meaningful relationships and to be able to really progress as a person when your mind is just so critical of everything that's happening with you and everybody else around you. So that's the moral of the story. If you want more friends, don't be a perfectionist. That's right. But, <laughs> but it, it really is. It's, but you can be a Virgo. You can, you can be a still Virgo. be a Virgo and not be a perfectionist. <laughs> but yeah, like Joel was talking about, um, to be vulnerable that's how you connect and that's how you, you know, you have friends. And so it really is the opposite of being a perfectionist is being vulnerable. Um, And so you, you've got to do one or the other. And if you're just hanging on to being a perfectionist, your vulnerability is going to disappear. Yeah. They're, they're mutually exclusive. Yeah. So another interesting thing is the article talked about how perfectionism has also been linked to suicidal thoughts and behaviors. And we've talked about that quite a bit on this podcast, is how do we reduce uh, suicides, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of the things is this perfectionism is is a problem, and it is connected with. So the, if we can reduce that, I think we also reduce you know, suicide rates or attempts. I think it's also important to not just, you know, help our children – um, be okay with making mistakes, but we as parents also have to drop the uh, expectation that we're going to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect as parents. Right. <laughs> it's just, we're all trying it's an this. impossibility. It's our first time through this. Why in the world would we know how to do this the first time through? And the answer is we wouldn't. So like be lenient. Yeah. I remember laying with Ella and, and Ella and I are really close. Like we've been close all through high school and she's so much fun to be around and she's one of my favorite people to be around and we were laying in her bed and I can't remember what we were talking about we were just laughing and we were telling jokes about stuff and she stops and she says mom 
do you have any idea how many issues you gave me from things you said to me while I was growing up? You know, I was taken back. I'm like, oh my gosh. First off, and then I said, Ella, I just want you to know one thing. And that's, I forgive myself fully and completely. And I hope that you will find great comfort in that. And then we started laughing again, hysterically. And then the next day I got on and I found a great counselor. And then we had mommy girly time going into the counselor to talk about the issues. And I mean, the thing is like, it's going to be fine. The fact of the matter is I did the best I could. And with what I had at the time, that's, that's all you can ever expect of anyone, including yourself. Just do the best you can, but things are fixable. It's not the end of the world. Ella and I are still close. She would never have met her best friend, Joel. So in a way it really was a favor to her. You're welcome because she loves her best friend, Joel so much. Well, and just the idea that things will be okay, even if we're imperfect. Yeah. It's okay if you make mistakes. Yeah. It's fixable. I think a lot of times when we're perfectionists, we we think that if we fail, it's just catastrophic and you can't recover from it. Yeah. And so you just avoid it at all costs. But when you realize that even if you're not a perfect parent... (laughs) There, you'll, you'll figure it out. It's still going to be okay. You can still have husband. a close relationship. You can still work through things. Like, whatever it is, it can be worked through. Yeah. And so, you know, what we've talked about is maybe instead of being perfectionists, we should be imperfectionists. That's my whole mantra in life now. I mean, I used to be a perfectionist, <laughs> and now my whole approach to life is like, eh, good enough. So I'm definitely an imperfectionist. <laughs> so... Tell people what an imperfectionist is. How would you describe an imperfectionist? (laughs) (laughs) Or what do you do as an imperfectionist? I give myself a wide berth to be unproductive, to go out in my pajamas, to make mistakes all the time. Like I just, I feel like it's, you, I kind of swung to the other side of the pendulum. Do you know, I started off as a perfectionist with everything had to be just right. And now I'm so far the opposite of that. There's probably somewhere in the middle, but for the moment I'm kind of embracing being an imperfectionist and I'm okay with that. I'm significantly happier and mentally healthier in my life this way. And really that's what it's all about. Yeah. Life is, you know, you're meant to be happy. You're supposed to be happy mm-hmm. and mentally healthy and realizing your self-worth isn't tied to achievement. Right. It's not a tied to your grade point average. It's not tied to the amount of money you make at work. It's not tied to how clean your house is or even how well-behaved your children are, (laughs) depending on what stage of life you're in. (laughs) Oh, but that's hard. I mean, do you think their parents have perfectionist attitudes that might trickle down? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's learned behavior. I mean, remember when we moved in and everybody was freaking out when our kids were little, trying to figure out you know, getting your kid to the right school yeah, and totally yeah. freaking out that what if I didn't, don't make a perfect choice. I remember a funny story, even like Sam was, he was four when he moved in and he was playing with the neighbor kid and like every four year old on the planet goes through a hitting stage, right? This is a normal part of development. And I remember he was over and like, there was an incident and he hit the neighbor and I was telling somebody about it. And they're like, well, you just need to teach your kids not to hit. And I said, I actually teach my kids to hit. I tell them the violence solves everything. And then we just started laughing. Like, of course I'm teaching my kids not to hit. But kids are going to be imperfect. Parents are going to be imperfect. Imperfect things are going to happen in your life. But it's not the end of the world. You just, like, pick up from wherever you are and move forward from wherever you are. And it's going to be fine. I think sometimes we 
we inadvertently might convey the wrong message to our kids. You know, I mean, you might say, well, you know, you need to good, get a good grade so that you can do well and get a scholarship. Yeah. Or you need to get an A in that class so that you can go to this particular school because that's where, you, you know, the best, you're going to be more successful if you go to the school. So what they hear is if I, you know, my whole life, my whole, you know, ability to succeed in life is tied to me excelling in this class or getting A's or whatever. You know, I remember something that made a difference for Sam, like when he hit high school and everything kind of hit the fan for him with his mental illness and depression and like school was so difficult and school came very easily to Max. We've kind of talked about this and, and he excelled at it and was very successful academically. And I remember Sam one time brought up, he was so stressed out and he's like, mom, I just, I don't know if I can get the grades that Max can get. And I remember specifically talking to him saying, Sam, Max is Max. I don't ever want you to try to be like Max. I just want you to try to be like you. And I just remember the look of relief that was on his face and how like recognizing, like you don't ever have to be any different than what you are. You don't ever have to achieve any more than what you can. You don't like, you just be your best self. Like what you brought up last time. I mean, the whole goal, just be your best self. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be like other people. You don't have to never make a mistake. You just be your best self. And whatever happens, even if you make a mistake, it's going to be okay. It's totally fixable. So to summarize, perfectionism is toxic. So Mm -hmm. hopefully this gave you some ideas on how to eliminate that, how uh, to become an imperfectionist. An imperfectionist. Join me. We'll start a club. The imperfectionists. And I'll send you pictures of me in my pajamas, and you can send me pictures of whatever you do that's imperfect. And together, we will move forward as imperfectionists. Sound like a plan? Sounds good. Good deal. Well, thanks for being with us today. If you have topics or questions that you're wondering about, you can submit them on Instagram at Thriving with Mental Illness or on Facebook, Mikkel Buck. And remember, there are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. If you like the podcast, rate it and share it with a friend. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.